to the Gotham Chronicle podcast powered by thebatmanuniverse.net. Check out thebatmanuniverse.net for this and many other great Batman podcasts, including Batgirl the Oracle, hosted by Stella, who's right here with us. Hi, I'm Tessa Gooley, and to my right is my best Marvel fanboy friend, Dustin. Okay, hello, I'm Dustin, and I'm here again. <laughs> awesome. But those people are not here. So joining us is just Don and only Don. Remember me from last year? Yes. Uh, despite my uh, vocal consternations with this show and its season and everything about it last year, I, w- I watched the premiere and was going to be on uh, the season two premiere of The Open Chronicle, but you know I love money, so I had to work that night. But I am here for the second episode, and um, I, I'm, uh, I'm really glad that I, I made it for this episode particularly. This week's episode was called Knock Knock, and uh, because Don's, you know, story about watching it kind of leads directly into mine, you know, let's let's have Don, you know, go with his initial thoughts on the episode first. So this, I saw the season, season two premiere, and I was like, meh, and uh, as said before, my, affili- my local Nashville, Tennessee affiliate cut out, like, 90% of the episode, apparently, but, <laughs> but um, I will say, uh, today, earlier today, I did see a, a promo, like a TV spot for it, where it just had Gordon walking bloodily on the, on the, on the alley for like 10 seconds, and then it ended with like Jerome laughing. And it was all, that was all the promos, it was like, like all that, no dialogue, no real anything, but like the kind of moody music, and it was like Gotham tonight. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. So, um, I watched it, and this is the best episode this show has ever done flat out like this episode rocks it destroys gotham up to this point it is fantastic it is uncompromising it is well acted as crap um i was engaged i was i was i was happy (laughs) because it was good and like it just ramps up and ramps up and ramps up and i cannot believe how good this episode and by extension this show has shown it can be and it was so this episode is my new favorite. This one was just terrific. I, you know, not everything was brilliant, but I have no real bad things to say about it. And I love uh, Knock Knock. And this was just this is the best episode of the series by far, by far in a way. It's not even it's it's not even a comparison. It's just fantastic. And uh, Tom was texting me as he was watching this. Um, I I can't watch the episodes live anymore because. Um, I have a Monday night assignment, which um, actually does, you know, at one point during this assignment, I do go to the gym where um, (laughs) I was watching Gotham last season, but alas, because, yeah, but alas, because I am with children, you know, like I can't watch Gotham, particularly this episode. This would not have been an episode to show. um, uh, The kid who would watch season one with me last year was uh, 11, but like this kid is nine and like way too young for the show. So 
<laughs> he won't be watching it. Yeah, I don't know if this episode um, had a you know viewer discretion advice uh, warning on it, but it wasn't gory, but like it was pretty intense. Well, we we had like penguin cutting off like a guitarist finger last season, stuff like that. And there's a head. The previous episode, <laughs> like yeah. rated Y seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm Fred's head. Got any other parts, body parts you want to introduce to? <laughs> Very well. Into the duck. That's that's not the only Batman Returns reference we'll make tonight. <laughs> oh no! Even though Penguin's not here, spoiler alert. Or Catwoman. So well, technically, <laughs> actually, yeah. That that, that we'll, we'll get into that later. But it is interesting to note that like this episode, you know, was so engaging that like you don't even realize till like towards the end that like yeah, there's no you know Penguin or Catwoman or Butch or uh, uh, you know the classics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or um, other characters who I'm trying to think of. Like, I'd have to, like, go down the list of, like, who's on the show Mr. now. Mr. Zazz. I mean, yeah, Chris Percent. Well, yeah, Mr. Zaz isn't, like, a, is he a series regular now? I don't know. But I, I digress. Dom was texting me, this is good. And I said to him, who are you? Because this has been the most critical person, like, of the show, I think, of uh, the three of us on the podcast last year. And you listeners, like, don't, like, you've heard him on the show you have not heard what he said off the microphone. Like, <laughs> how many times this son of a bitch has, like, threatened to, like, walk off of the podcast? He's like, I hate this show. <laughs> He's like, I'll come on for an episode or two with you this season, Josh, but I don't know if I have another year in me. I mean, I enjoy talking about the BS episodes, but, like, this show. And then, like, he'll, like, text me, like, oh, I was reading an awesome scene in Batman Year One. It made me realize how crap Gotham is. <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> yes. like, like we, we could be, like, like, you know, at the park, you know, eating cherries. And he's like, ah, oh, this cherry, so sweet. Reminds <laughs> me of how much Gotham sucks. Like, like th- this is what our conversations are, you know. So <laughs> All I have is hatred in my him, heart. And you think I'm exaggerating, you know. But, like, this is this is fairly accurate. Like, this guy oh, yeah. is a very, very tough critic. Well, I'm, I'm talking to the listeners. Like, they think I'm exaggerating. This is pretty accurate. This guy's a tough critic of Gotham. They're like, huh, okay. So if Don likes this episode, it must be good. And um, when I met, I, I told the story on the, on last episode. Um, when I met Davi um, in Orlando, yeah, Davi Mazows, who plays Bruce Wayne on on the show. Um, when I met him in Orlando at Walker Stalker Con um, last uh, a, a few months ago, it was June. They were just about to film this episode, and when I asked him what his favorite episode of Gotham was, he said, does it have to be one that uh, we've already filmed? And he said that, like, they had just gotten the script for this one, and it was like, I have to go back to TBU because, like, you know, the quote's there, but he had very good things to say about this one. And this is, you know, really good. Like, I liked last week's episode okay enough, but it was mostly a setup episode. But otherwise, like, I didn't feel that it was the big tonal shift from Gotham that, like, you know, the cast members and everyone had been promising over the summer. This was, um, this was definitely that tonal shift. Oh, yes. And now that, you know, we've, uh, because, yeah, because after Dawn and Davi, you know, recommended it to me, like Davi, you know, and June and Dawn, um, I don't know. Two hours ago. Two hours ago. Um, I, I was able to watch the episode, you know, a recorded version of it, uh, since I'm home from work and, uh, I turned that episode off probably about five minutes before we got on Skype. So Don and Don saw it an hour before and then rewatched it again. So he could like kind of sync up with my watching experience. So this is as fresh as our thoughts are going to get. This is being recorded, uh, the Monday night that the show aired. So happy Friday, everybody. Cause that's when you're here. Let's. <laughs> So much to talk about with this episode. Where shall we start? Um, how about the death? You know, uh, Sarah Essen, because when I like Googled this episode just to like, you know, get like this, like, uh, the promo for next week, 
which we're going to like, you know, read later on. Like there was a few headlines talking about like, you know, major, not major character death, but like character death on Gotham tonight. And like the, the headlines didn't give away spoilers, but like there was the quote, like nobody is safe, which I figured we would have known that last season because Maroney died too. But uh, Sarah Essen, um, gone after she gives the Gwen Stacy valedictorian <laughs> speech from Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> we all live, Jim. We try to live. <laughs> well, she's like, I've always wanted to make a difference, and now that I'm commissioner for one day only, I'm going to make that difference. It's finally going to be a new day, Jim. She's saying all that, and because Don texted me, how did No Man's Land end? I was already, like, a little worried about Essen, but then, like, that speech, you know, kind of almost cinched it for me, like, oh, crud. When I texted you that, she hadn't died yet, but she was, like, being threatened by the Joker, and I was like, oh, crap, is she, is she going to die? Um, but I, 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 I try not to spoil anything for you. Well, well, well once she gave him the uh, bloody nose, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> well, significantly for me, this is the first episode where I saw legitimate potential romantic tension. Because, like, he's, oh, boss, I just got, you know, this this lead that Bullock told me. And she's like, oh, I'm so glad you're back, Jim. And then she, like, you know, does the female, like, you know, filling up his chest and, and, and admiration. I don't mean to stereotype females. <sighs> I, I saw that too, and even though like I ship the two of them because they're they are supposed to be together, you know, take that Lee. Until Joker um, kills her, like this episode. Yeah. Um did they have a nice relate and honestly, like I've loved her interplay with, with Gordon, you know, throughout the series, especially like somebody on BuzzFeed was making fun of it last season that like she's always so exacerbated with like what Gordon does. She's like, You set a snake loose at like, you know, a circus to find a body? Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> and then, like, they were like, she must come home and, like, tell her family stories. So, um, it's, it is, but I guess it is cool that, like, she died the same way as she did in the comics, not protecting a bunch of innocent babies, but, like, you know, being killed by the Joker. Mm-hmm. Or, is the Joker, but, so. Uh, I, are they still trying to throw that card out there? Like, you know, a guy who acts, talks, and looks like the Joker isn't the Joker? That would be a bit pants i you know what uh he's almost too joker for me this episode truth be told like i was defending in other episodes i was like well he's not the joker yeah you know like he's not like as long as he hasn't fallen into the vat of chemicals but now like he, he's the joker pre-chemicals but you know what it's no no he's a joker post chemicals like like there's no nothing red hood about him besides his haircut no, nothing Batman 89 Jack Napier about him either. Although, like, he looked very Jack Napier in one of the promos for uh, the next episode. Um, yeah, yeah, I know the way that, like, Yeah. Yeah, like, like it, it was a very Jack Napier Well, thing. But, but, like, back on Essen, um, were, I know you were sad, but, like, like, do you think that was fair play? Like, do you think that, like, they shouldn't have killed her off, or do you think that it was handled well for the story? Without knowing where they're going to go. Lazarus Pit. <laughs> well, like, I, I mean, we talked about um, you, you and I off off microphone. We talked about how, like, now that Essen is police commissioner, there's kind of like you know no conflict within the department anymore because she wants to, you know, like she wants the same thing that Gordon wants. So technically, like, you know, or- organically speaking, I, I guess it was needed because otherwise, you know. they didn't have to promote her. They could have had some other figurehead, and then you would have had Essen doing the same stuff as before. Um, Without knowing what they're going to replace her with, even though I don't like it emotionally, I think that storytelling-wise, it was fair play. And you have to... Every once in a while, you have to, like, on a show like this, you do have to kill a character off to keep us guessing. That's why I like that they've created new characters like Tigress and 
not Max Shrek guy. What was his name? Like Callahan or I have no idea what that guy. I, I love that actor because he's in one of my favorite movies, Town of Monte Cristo. But like, I don't know his name. <laughs> yeah. But I've seen him. In, he, he was in Agents of Shield. He was right. one of the guys. Oh, was uh, maybe he's the one that that spoiler alert uh, turned evil. I think. He was one of the guys that like that like he needed that 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 thing to put on his neck to talk. Oh, I don't. Uh, maybe I'm I'm thinking of someone else then. Uh, anyway, where was I? Oh yeah, like you have to. Because I was saying, like, it's good to have new characters. That way, like, we don't know, like, oh, is this character going to be good or evil or are they going to die? Because we know that, like, Bruce is going to live. We know that Gordon's going to live. We know that Jim and Barbara are eventually going to have, you know, two kids. Although, now that now that's up in the air. Like, I think it is, yeah. this, this is becoming more and more of an Elseworlds. But th- th- that's okay. I mean, I mean, and I guess it brings up a question which would take us on another tangent. But, like, at one point do they, like, move too far away from the source material where, like, it's not a Batman prequel? And to me, as long as Gordon becomes commissioner and, like, Bruce eventually becomes Batman um, and Alfred doesn't become, like, you know, a psychotic murderer or something, like, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> as opposed to last season. Well, I mean, um, I remember, like, there was a... Dis- well, <laughs> he and Jack Drake took lessons about destroying property. <laughs> That's another reference that no one's going to get, but, um... Uh, I remember... There was talk when Smallville was going on, like you know, what if Clark doesn't end up being Superman per se? When, you know, that's kind of like, you know that's, they're kind of doing their own oh, thing. That would have been such BS. That would have been crap. And like I, I, I saw, actually, I actually saw a YouTube video earlier tonight where uh, where Ben McKenzie said like, yeah, the, the final frame of the series, no matter what season it will be, will be Bruce putting on the keeping cow because that's what you want to see. But our story is leading up to that. So there, there's no there's no sense of them doing their own thing to the point where we're not going to see Batman, you know. And like you said, they're not going to kill Gordon when he's not Batman. But like, I think Sarah Essen is. I mean, she was a major supporting character twenty years ago. She's she, she apparently didn't leave enough of a mark where they reference her in a long ass time. <laughs> and then they retconned uh, most of what she did in the New Fifty Two. Like Barbara had that line in the Gail Simone run where she's like, "Dad never remarried." Oh God! Thanks, Gail Simone. But um, well, we we don't know if that was editorial or. Ah, Gail Simone. <laughs> but um, I think that like, you know, uh, it, sometimes it's puzzling. Like like when they killed off Maroney, I was happy because in that scene he was being irritating as hell. But at the same time, it's like, <laughs> okay, so I forgot to call Stella Babes last episode. But like real talk is, it's like okay, I don't necessarily mind, but you have Harvey Dent here and you have Maroney. What's the point? Because the, the thing what Maroney's known for is. You know, putting an acid on Harvey's face to make him two face. So Sarah Essen, they really didn't play with any sort of like romantic thing. They completely changed the relationship between her and Gordon. So I guess they have no, they have they, they have like le- they had less less than any interest in pursuing that and hooking him up with a woman who should be you know many times older than him, but isn't. You know, Marina McCarran. So I guess they really are going their own way with it, which is fair game. It's it is kind of befuddling it sometimes, but it depends on how sacred you hold that this holds true to the canon. And after the first episode, there were so many things different that, like, you don't really care, you know? As uh, Honestly, to me, as, as long as, like, they stop introducing people, like, you know, I don't want to I don't wanna ever see Dick Grayson in this show. I don't ever want to see Cassandra Kane in this it's show. It's possible we could have a baby Dick Grayson, because, like, we met his parents, and they're, like, you know... <laughs> well, to me, it's like... And, and ideally, if they show back up again because of the age Bruce is, like, they, they need to have Dick fairly soon. Well, to me, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, like, inconsistent with what I accept and don't accept. Like, it's it's like, what, what, I mean, everybody, all the villains are freaking already here, except for, like, Poison Ivy, I guess. But, like, I wouldn't want to see uh, 
they grew up flying Grayson's here if they're going to die in Gotham. I wouldn't want to see Ra's al Ghul if Batman's not meeting him in Calcutta or whatever. I wouldn't want to see these things happen like before Batman even shows up publicly, but but like they're already happening. Again, the the Jerome is, is he's the Joker. Like there is no like you know road for them to to gain. He is, and like the the reason why I'm not mad about that as as much as I I ought to be is because it was done so well and so earnestly that it earned its spot here. So I guess it like in going back to the main topic, like because I thought that Essence death was earned in showing how completely uh, unsafe these characters are because this show is going pardon the phrase balls to the wall I think that like it was perfectly within realms of showing you this is what we're dealing with now and nobody's safe and it works for this series story so they kind of justified it in a way but it is a shame that like they pretty much ignored all her main stuff from the comics but you know what are you going to do about it well, and and what she did in the comics, it's like I don't think at this point in the series we don't have room for a third Gordon love interest, you know, like so. Well, I mean, I would argue, that, okay. I would argue like, like you know, there was no in, in, intrinsic necessi- necessitation to hook him up with Leslie Tompkins in the first place. But again, it's, it's, it's that's like you know choosing what you prefer over the other things. I remember one fan um, when like the casting was announced and like we knew that both Barbara Keene and SM were going to be in the show. They like expressed concern online that like it was going to be like you know um, a CW esque like love triangle, like the Titan which, show you know, on TBS will be because they have both Starfire, Nightwing, and uh, uh, Barbara Gordon. Well, we don't we don't know what they're going to do. Maybe Barbara Gordon on that show will be more like Barbara Keene. Um, what? He, he, here's the hypothetical scenario for you. Let's say now that like all these cops are dead and they're getting new recruits. One new recruit is a young, you know, like woman, maybe, you know, like 19 or 20, you know, uh, blonde, you know, uh, uh, of, you know, perhaps, well, Sharon yeah, Carter? She's, no. no. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and Gordon, and Gordon's like, what's your name, miss? And she's like, Essen, Sarah Essen. I'm named after my mother. Well, she could, she, are you serious? She, she couldn't seriously be blonde because, Sarah Essen, the commissioner, was played by an Hispanic a Hispanic actress. So, unless she was adopted, that would be that would be crap. We're doing this again. Well, she could be adopted. So, what if you know, like like Henry James Olsen on Smallville? This isn't the real Sarah Essen. I, I, I am not seriously entertaining that idea. That would be you know, like completely unnecessary. Well, I mean, again, like you know, they had their chance with 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 Christmas Allen and Renee Montoya. They pissed it all to hell. You know, they could introduce like Mackenzie. Bach Maybe Ellen and Montoya died during this episode when everyone was getting shot. That's possible. I mean, like, I mean, they, they they walked in. Here we are, everybody. We had a great time in the Caribbean for our eight month vacation. How's everyone going? How'd that Lovecraft thing work out? Uh, tell Barbara I love her. Barbara killed her parents while you were gone. Oh. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, I mean, they, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> they could have like Mackenzie Bach and Lieutenant Kitch on this show for all we care, but they, they wouldn't matter because it's like the only, honestly, the only cop character besides Gordon that they that they really care to have, to have stick around is, is Bullock, and it kind of just depends on how they perceive the cop protagonist here. And but as far as this show is concerned, Bullock, Gordon is really the only one that's really worth focusing on, I guess, which is why they killed off the other one of the other ones. <laughs> Well, every person was ma- every person was massacred except for like you know the the main cast and and Aston. Yeah, well, she was massacred, but like you know like Riddler, Nigma, and like Lee, 
like all survived that. The thing. only person of although, color died. I gotta say. Although that. I saw a few extras in the background, like kind of like limping the safely safety. But actually, I, I love I love that. Like the whole like you know all of GCPD is executed, and I do hope that we see some repercussions from that. With how um, can we not? Jesus Christ! I mean, like, like, like the whole fucking well, like that—the that fact that like they have no police department anymore. Exactly. Like, that needs to be a that needs to be addressed. Well, uh, no, no. Um, honestly, the way this story played out, there's no way they're not going to tackle that. The entire like, well, okay, maybe not the entire Gotham City Police Force because there were cops heading over there at the very end. But like, at least that that entire precinct is eradicated. You don't you don't just sweep that under the rug and say, "Whoopsie Daisy." Well, let's, let's cast new actors because. That was treated as like, the, the last twenty minutes of the show was about that. So I think with this episode, I mean, if it was not this episode, I would say yeah, this this will be like nothing next episode. But the way this episode played out, this is definitely going to be a game changer. Let me ask you a question about that massacre. And I had this thought as it was happening. Do you think that Barbara went rogue, like momentarily, to lead Jim away so that like he would survive? I think she did that, but not because she loves him. Because she wants to like play with him and mess with him more. Because uh, she did have that moment where, like, you know, she's looking uncomfortable when uh, I can't pronounce his name, uh, Amygdala or whatever. Amygdala. Like, amygdala. When Amygdala is like, you know, beating him, like she, she, she looks a little uncomfortable. Did she's she? Like, okay. Did she? I didn't catch that. It's. I mean, I, it could be interpreted either way. That like either she's getting sick and drunk, but like I, I think I joked like, to you about I, uh, Sheila Haywood from Death in the Family, where like Jason Todd's getting beaten up, but I honestly didn't see that. I didn't see that reaction from her. No, and but another interpretation is she led him away because like Jim Gordon is like super cop, and like if Jim was there, he would have like you know uh, killed brought Trump. out that like he he would have brought out that box or like whatever he did when the electrocutioner came like last season and like stopped Jerome that way, and the season would have been over. Like, well, we sure wrap that up, Jerome. You're under arrest. You know, I think you I think Barbara, Barbara, like by intention, the show is irredeemable at this point. I don't think that there's any any micron of sympathy that you can get with her. I, I really do. I'm not. I'm not saying this because I don't like her. Because I, I don't have. You know, I like her fine. At the, but in this season, like, I don't think that like they're intending to make her. You know, a conflicted character. She's cuckoo. Yeah. Um. I mean, I wonder if maybe she'll get counts. I mean. Lionel Luther fucked so much shit up, and he was still having Thanksgiving dinner with, like, the Kents. And then, like, he had a fight with Jonathan Ken, and Jonathan Ken had a heart attack and died. And then, like, he tells Martha finally, like, because of his guilt, like, you know, a few, like, a season or two later, he's like, I want you to know, you know, like, I was with Jonathan the night he died, and I think I provoked his heart attack. And, like... <laughs> She, she she was upset, but like well, I mean, she but was over. I, feel that, like, I think I feel that like, was after the Thanksgiving episode, but like I feel that she like, was like, still like his buddy. I feel so. that, hold on, I feel that like that Barbara has been shown to be way more extreme than he ever was on Smallville. <sighs> I think so. Because I, I I would need to like do more research to to like cite specific things because like I'm going off of memory he, here. He but. was he was Machiavellian, but he wasn't crazy. Oh yeah, I was saying like if the show goes for like six more seasons, you know, uh, I mean, let's say Barbara like goes to like intensive therapy, and you find out that like you know she had some sort of PTSD. I mean, you know, from like what happened with the ogre, and then like she's quote unquote like you know cured, and she takes medication. I could see her eventually becoming like a supporting cast member that people are uncomfortable around, and then just eventually like she's buddy buddy with everyone. Like it, it happens all the time, and like. You know, like, how many people has, like, you know, uh, Eddie Brock, like, murdered and, you know, you know and he's I, like, I think that, like, that's kind of, like, projecting really far into, like, into, like, potential storylines 
from like a trajectory of where we are right now. Like she, she's. Uh, like, I know okay. my trajectories. Pardon the pardon the phrase, but she's in like full on bitch mode right now, and, and I don't think that like even if that's possible, I don't think that that's in the cards this so early in season two where she's reveling in being evil, and the, the, most of the entire season she wasn't. So I, I mean that's possible, but I think that that's that's kind of like in my opinion that's kind of the same as I don't know what if uh, Bullock quits the force again because he's back here. For spoilers. I want to talk about both, but let, let me talk about Barbara for a little bit first, actually, uh, which. I love when Gordon's doing the mug shots for everyone, and and you know that like he's getting to Barbara, and then when he gets to Barbara, there's like that uncomfortable moment, and then like you see a few of the cops like they're silent and they kind of like look away, like oh bro, that has to be, <laughs> that has to be awkward. <laughs> and then like somewhere in the back of the room, Renee's like, I nailed her. Um, and then like she's palling around with Tigress, and they're like, and they have like you know Mayor James and like a box, <laughs> like. Whipping him, and it's and she's like, "When do I?" Get, no, she's not fish. She's not. But for some reason, she's close. Like, she's close. Like, when do I get to play? I did not like the whole, you know, the boys would have so much fun. When do I? I, I that felt. I don't know. I, I don't like. I'm not a fan of the whole like, inf, inf, infantilization. You know, of a female character, like you know, oh, the boys had to have all the fun. When do I? Just just do whatever you want, unless unless they kill you, I guess. But whatever. Well, and I, I'm still not sure, like, what entirely this plan is, but that's okay. Like, uh, I, I do – and speaking of the plan, like, I do love the Gotham Gazette. Like, you see people, like, falling off the roof one by one. And at first I was like, huh, this is like the Scarecrow all over again episode, like, when that was happening. Because uh, I think, like, there's, like, a woman in a vacuum cleaner, like, vacuuming, and, like, this guy keeps on falling up and down a roof like a yo-yo. Uh and then, like, you see, like, them pushing these guys off the roof, and it, like, spells out, like, maniacs. Like, I, I like that touch. I, although, I did wonder, like, at that point, like, the cops would have, like, got into the roof in the amount of time exactly. they were there to get them. Exactly. But, you know what? Okay. It's it's also convenient know. that, like, they land to spell that out. Well, n- um, I thought about that, but then I remembered that as they were being pushed, Jerome's, like, a little bit to the left. Like, he is directing them, so it's it's not entirely – Implausible. This I mean, episode I, is extremely dark. Um, I mean, the show's always been dark, but there is mass murder on an unrelenting scale, and it's justified because it is—it is the Joker, by and large, essentially. Um, I'm not always a fan of showing how bad the Joker is by having him kill everybody, but I did that in the way they did it. It was not against the Joker's nature. And I mean, like, I, w- I was legitimately concerned that he was going to fry that school bus. Because I, I, I would not have liked that. I thought that would be too, too much. If, if if he succeeded in killing those kids on the on the school bus, I thought that would, that would have been because it reminded me of like something that Kevin Smith did. I thought that's just a bit too far. That is to be shown on screen. But just generally, I was like, the body count is like unending in this episode. And again, I I, I kind of like that because they really are playing. It's not done cavalierly. It's not done, you know, absentmindedly. Although it sometimes it appears that way, but like it's just like th- the police are hopeless in this show. It's like they just they they have no point or. Uh, but it, it's not it's not for you know like lack of trying. It's not for lack of trying, but like it's it's like a complete siege on Gotham, and there's a bit of concern because like, this is exactly the kind of thing that Batman would be needed for, and we're just stuck with like you know uh, Gordon and Bullock basically, and. Gordon's an excellent cop. He's not a good enough cop to stop the Joker by himself when the Joker has, like, you know, a whole handful of people in the city at, at his at his will. I don't know. I think I think that's pushing it. But at least in terms of presentation, 
this is really intense. But like, like I said before, the episode's writing justified the intensity of it because I think that like this was playing for Keith. Can we talk about the Joker for this episode? Yeah, well, we're kind of talking about it now, yeah. And, and I want to bring up something about that bus scene too, which is um, it's not enough for the Joker to be killing people. Like he has to be having fun while he's doing it in right. a certain way. Yeah, exactly. And, like. It's not just him being like, I'm killing you, LOLs. Like, there, there needs to be, like, some sort of theatrics about it. And that's why I like when he's, like, he's making the cheerleaders, cheer, like, give me an O. That was, that was kind of cool. Oh, no. I thought- yeah. And, 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 like, and then, like, they're, like, come on. Do you want – and, like, they're, like, doing it, like, in tears. Like, that's – that was a Joker moment. Like, he, fact, he had like, a lot of was, those that, here. That was one of the Joker's Joker moments that I've seen in years. No, he, he had – okay. He had great Joker moments in this. Like at the end when like you know the guy says, you know, there's nothing more contagious than laughter. And he shoots it. He's like, that's my line. That – he's done the same. Uh, that, that reminds me of Killing uh, – not Killing Joke. Um, uh, Mad Love. Mad well, yeah, I, was, I was about to say like, like that reminded me of like you know every time he's mad at Harley for taking his lines. He is, he is a showman. I think he's a sh- he's a showman before he's a killer. You know when when he's like you know doing the whole like you know, greetings, ladies and gentlemen, kind of thing. He's being very theatrical, like when you know. When he- <laughs> the, 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 that scene annoyed me a little bit because I could kind of see where they were going with it. Like ah, oh, now which one of you can say greetings? Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it was it, it was predictable, but you it, it proved a point. It sets up how his personality you know contrived as it may be is like the Joker in that. You know, he's a showman. I like the whole, you know, samurai sword. I love the Russian roulette scene. Where like the moments where he gets serious in this episode are very effective because I like I like it when he, um, you know, he's basically being kind of a douchebag the whole time. But like when he gets really serious and like he says, you know, what's what is courage? You know, grace under fire. You know, what is the secret to comedy? You know, surprise. Who's the boss? Like that's that's the Joker. That right there, because there's nothing. There's nothing. There's very little things about him that's truer than him being in control and relishing under that. But I also like the bits where like he has a sword and like he does the whole like uh, faux dubbed uh, Japanese guy accent. And if you notice that like, he's continu- continuing to move his mouth after he's spoken the words like a bad dub. That <laughs> I didn't even notice. That, that was a really. I don't know if it was improvised. That was that was a a very funny joke and b a very Joker kind of thing. So I was like, you know what? I don't. I'm not a fan of. The Joker being around when, when Bruce Wayne hasn't even dropped puberty yet, but this is a very good performance. Uh, puberty is pu- puberty's on Bruce Wayne. It might not be like done with him yet, but he's. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you get my point. Like, like, I'm comfortable with the Joker derping around well before Bruce has even left Gotham City's train. At the same time, though, I can't deny this man. I'm sorry, I don't know the actor's name. I can't deny him that he's that he's killing it as the character. Like, like he really, and you can tell that it's a lot of his performance imbues writing. And he's he's just very very good. At, at the end, he's just you know, look at me, I'm not crazy. That, okay, that's the Joker right there. Like he does that balance between you know comedic showman and crazy killer guy. And I don't like one or the other, but like he balances it extremely well. And there's a there's obvious like you're reminded of, of Heath Ledger often. There also there's also some Jack Nicholson in there, but I think that like while he's not doing anything I've not seen before. He's doing it well enough that I'm very impressed by his uh, performance. Because last 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 season, I was just so mad that he was there in the first place. Like I kind of didn't really mention his performance enough, but now that I'm de- I have to deal with him, I'm like, you know what? I can't. I gotta give it up to him. He's 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 just very very good. Um, I mean, I, they, they've completely abandoned the whole Red Hood thing. You know, the whole asset thing. He's not. Uh, well, they could still do that eventually. But what would be the point? Like, like, like that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't. Showmanship. But the, 
the thing about and, and, and we set up the Red Hood last season. But the thing about that is, is like in that whole thing, you know, that precipitates his jump into extreme supervillainy madness. He's already there. There's nothing. There, you know, all, all he needs is like the purple costume and the gimmicks. They, they could do it for fan service. But but no 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 like like, like real talk like. There's nothing to, there's no reason to do that by this point, is what I'm saying. Yeah, there is fan service. But fan, fan service is not raison d'etre enough. Like, like you can't just do that and just say, and now let's see how we... But really- is, there any, is there any reason not to do it? Yes, because there's, there's, you know, people who know the comics and the Joker will recognize it. But what, what, how will he be any different besides his skin tone? How will he be like, okay, now this is the real Joker because he happened to take a bath in, the, in an acid tank. Like... Like that, that, that well, seems... I mean, him putting on the red hood. Like, is there any reason not to have him like put that put that on at one point? The red hood didn't act like a like a like a you know gibbering jackass. He was he was a very much a kind of a straight criminal at least traditionally. At this point, like you know the whole showmanship thing, the whole like you know everybody laugh kind of thing, you know laughter, all those kind of you know quirks. It's like like let's not pretend that like he has any roles to go. Let's not pretend that like he's on a journey. He's he's arrived at his destination. That's what we're dealing with right now. He's the freaking Joker, and like, uh, if they pull a fast one and say he really wasn't, okay, but that's that's pretty much blind to the audience. <laughs> he was Henry James Jerome. Uh, no, that was, that was, Smallville really screwed the pooch on that one. But I think at this point, <laughs> they saw that. Well, in fairness, when they had Jimmy and um, I don't know if it was the finale or the or a flash forward, but like, because I, I know there was a few flash forwards, but like at one point you see like you know. Like uh, Jimmy and like a flash forward, and it's played by the same guy. The, the season finale, he was there. The flash forward. The, the series finale, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. And, and it's it's played by the same guy, so it's. But no, but but like like respond to my point, like like what? Where else is there for the character to go? I'm a big believer in that. Like, you don't need to take one road to get from point A to. Uh, hold on. I'm a big believer in that. Like. There is more than one way to get somewhere and to, like, get it. And, like, there's, like, ways that we haven't even thought of yet. Like, they have more than one choice with him. So where else is there to go with this character? Um, Wherever the writers feel like surprising us, like, who who knows? Okay, Josh, here's a, here's a hypothetical to you. If Bruce in the next episode was 10 years older, r- running around, pr- uh, praying the rooftops in a souped-up car, fighting crime, you know, leaving people uh, tied up, and basically saying, you know, from the Batman, but he wasn't in the costume. Where else were there that? Where else would that character have to go besides the costume? Explaining like how in one episode he aged ten years. <laughs> well, Smallville did that in its final season. He was like Superman without the costume. Where like he had the cos like but that- he got the costume in like the se- in the season premiere, and it was in like the ice. And he's like, I can't put it on yet. But no, 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 no. But, but like this is this is the first. This is the second episode of season two. There was at least progression. From the first several seasons of Smallville to where he ended up, there, you, you saw right. he wasn't like that in season two. Do you see what I'm saying? Am I making myself? Clear? I, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I'm also saying that, like you know, we have limitless possibilities for what they could do with Jerome. Well, there are other ways that they that they could surprise us. And hey, he doesn't have a laughing fish yet. I don't really. I I just don't see. You know, whoa, he could do this. He could, do that, but he he's the, the like. What about him is not the Joker besides his green hair in this episode and his gimmicks. Well, not even his gimmicks. Is like he, he's still doing the whole like comedy bit. I, I just I just don't see where else he. Where else this, 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 this is where we need to talk to Apple because he would tell us like all about well, you know. There's like, nothing about the Joker that you and I don't know. <laughs> uh, what's his? 
<laughs> I was going to say, what's his middle name? I was like, actually, like <laughs> the six ones. I, I know, I know Marvel. I know Marvel six one six, but I joke around and when I talk about DC Comics and I say six one six. But yeah, the six one six Joker never had a real name. Uh, but it's, it's like, what there is there about the Joker? We don't know. Well, um, what's the name of his mother? From Robin Two, Cry of the Joker. Oh, that was Robin Two, Joker's Wild. Oh, whoops! <laughs> Cry of <laughs> I just combined it with Cry of Cry the Hunters, yeah. <laughs> with all those like you know covers that like those those horrible covers, by the way. Yeah, they weren't great. <laughs> no, no, they weren't. I'm like imagining Joker. I like, I like the, the Cry of the, Robin Three, Cry of the Hunters, were like like the Blinders uh, covers. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. Those covers, the, those ones were the ones that were horrible. The blinders covers, like God, like <laughs> who did that? And are they fired? Oh, they probably got a raise. Twenty years later, I should hope so. I want to talk about Bullock, and um, we debated last episode, and yes, confirmation. Um, Bullock's girlfriend is the pool girl from the. I say pool girl as if she was like a lifeguard. She was just a girl who was like afraid of pools and nearly uh, drowned in a pool. Yeah, from the Scarecrow episode, and we were like, somebody said, it might have been you or Dustin, like, well, I hope that that's his girlfriend, because otherwise, like, that episode was a waste of time or something. Well, I mean, that, that, that one, birth the Scarecrow, but yeah, it would, would have been a waste of time, so I'm glad that, like, you know, unlike Globe's daughter, they remember that character, and they brought her back to be, like, you know, this, this like, basically this nagging wife, you know, in her bathrobe with a, with a rolling pin, tapping in her palm, like, Harvey, you're not going to play cop again. Like, she's really pissy and like completely and entirely ungrateful to Gordon for help saving her life and figuring out <laughs> you're not going to be a cop what good did the cops ever do they saved your life well that's besides the point like they could the, the, I think I will say I think that scene in regards to her was pretty weak because she's so mad at like Gordon for even predicting to know like for understandably coming to Harvey saying I, I need your help because the city is in turmoil and she's like how dare you and it's just like Get over yourself. I, I get that, like, you don't want Harvey to die like uh, Essen will do, but, like, you could at least be nicer about it. And they're engaged. And it's only been a month since – actually, okay, it's been a month since the season finale, but we can assume that they've been dating since the Scarecrow episode. So so, so I guess if we, we can say that they've been dating, like, almost real time since that episode aired. So that, that, that does make somewhat sense. I did really like Harvey in this episode, though. I, th- I think he was, he was really well written. Maybe Jim could, um, uh, like, give Harvey a taste of his own medicine every time he introduces him to his fiance. Like, ah, so you and the pool girl, eh? You and pool caliente. <laughs> for those <laughs> listeners, for those listeners who don't know, like, I, we joked there was like three or four episodes in a row last season where like five, Harvey six, or seven. <laughs> Not that many. <laughs> I cut the video together, but like, where Harvey like finds out that like Jim is dating Lee like three episodes in a row and like comments on it in shock, but. She didn't seem anti-cop last season, but I would assume that, like, as, like, she's been dating Bullock, she's heard more and more of his horror stories and, like, really wants him to get out of there. Um, Probably, but, like, uh... It, it does make me wonder, because she's his fiance. like, well, is she is she going to die to, like, motivate Bullock to go back to the cops, but he went back early? No, another female character had to die. But, like, again, like, I, this, I love the scene at the end where, like, he's, he, does, he says, you don't have to say anything, I'm already, I'm, I'm back here. Like, what happened at the very end of the episode... You know, was enough for for Bullock to say, "There's no, you know, I can't hide who I am." That was very, just very well written. I think, you know, there wasn't like you know, him going back to Bullock and saying, "Okay, I'm going." Like he was, he was already there in his Harvey Bullock costume, you know, ready to go. There was, there was no need to like provide exposition. There was no need to like you know, explain what's going on in his head. You just know it. And Bullock is a terrific character, generally speaking. I think that like, 
this show has done him pretty well. Like, Donald Logue's been portraying him pretty well. And, yeah, Bullock can be a slovenly character, but, like, there are times where he stops messing around and is a great cop. And I think that this show has recognized that sooner than has recognized the potential of other characters. So I thought that uh, his two scenes in this, in this episode were really great. And it was a really awesome reason to, for him to come back because he had known Essen longer than he's known Gordon. Yeah, yeah, I remember he's like, she was a great cop, Jim. In fact, like, yeah, like, they, they had the rapport in the pilot, because, like, uh, he, like, goes to talk to her, um, like, about, like, getting transferred away from Jim, and then she says no. Like, like they're, they're clearly more familiar with each other. And I remember, like, the second episode, they kind of, like, tag team on Jim. Like, come on, Jim, get with the program. I thought you were with the program when you, you know, massacred Penguin for us. Um, and now, and with the whole engagement thing, Bullock's love life is not really a big part of the comics. So, I mean, Whatsoever. they could, they, they could theoretically like, you know, marry them off and like, or do something. I mean, it, it's not that type of show. And like this character doesn't seem like she's going to have like a large role. Like she was, she was honestly very, as you joked, like one dimensional in this uh, scene. Well, I mean, Gordon, sorry, Gordon, uh, Bullock is a character that like, you can't see him getting with anybody unless it's like the last issue or last story he's ever been written in because he's always this like drunken mess and that's not, I'm not to say I enjoy him you know being a mess but like you know he's, he's basically the Barney Rubble of, of the Batman comics and like Barney Rubble Barney uh, Gumble of the Bar- Batman comics and unless situations di- dictate that he can die in peace it's hard for me to see him you know with a wife in, in tow because he's either going to leave her or she's going to leave him or she'll die because that's just the nature of fe- characters in, the, in this in this franchise in this show Another GCPD character who returned this episode and didn't die or get engaged was the Riddler. Uh, he'd love to be engaged, like Bullock is, but he can't even ask a girl out because he's shy. And he also has a demon in his in his in his uh, back hit, back pocket, um, with with you know the sexy Riddler without glasses saying, "Women love confidence." Who, 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 sta- who stands up straight has a different like you know body language about him and like you know much more sw- like it, it's very. Uh, I hesitate to compare it to Christopher Reeve and, like, you know, because that was, like, such a masterful performance that, like, I think it's a disservice to Reeve to, like, compare this to him. But, like, it is in that vein to a degree where um, exactly you, you would almost think that, the, that these were two different people. Um, but I thought that that was – yeah, I thought that was, like, really well done. Um, and e- even though we, I don't like the schizophrenia aspects of Riddler, I think Yeah, because that's that, not the Riddler. The Riddler is not, like, somebody who, like – has his, he doesn't have a split personality. He has an obsessive compulsive disorder, and uh, again, like and like, like and Essen isn't a dead black woman who never kissed Jim. She's a dead <laughs> white woman who did kiss Jim. Well, again, I mean, I don't. I was just about to say that, like, I don't want to get hung up on like you know that's not from the comics, but the re- that is the psychological reason he makes riddles. But like a split personality, why would a, why would a split personality do that when it gets him in trouble anyway? But like I'm saying that like uh. <sighs> I don't know. I hope they resolve that sooner or later because it, 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 it's not so much that it's not from the comics. It doesn't make logical sense of the character. That being said, um, it seems that from this episode on, we'll, we'll get a lot better development because it kind of the first scene kind of started off, you know, same as every day with like, you know, hi, hi, Miss Kringle. Would you like to do something? Oh, Eddie, no, because I'm not attracted to you. Oh, darn. Like that. They did that uh, actually, 40 times. I, I, th- I thought that it played a little differently this time where I, I almost wonder if she was waiting for him to like, ask her out like because she has kind of. warmed up to him a lot her boyfriend more is dead. like her attitude towards him at the beginning seemed different when like she came in 
So I'll give you that. It, it was a bit, a bit. As she was simple. leaving the office, and like it, it's, she's like kind of like turning, like almost as if to say, like, was there something else you wanted to ask me? And some, and maybe I'm overreading the scene, but like you know, she, she, she was more like she was more like amused by him than anything else in that scene. And we're supposed to, in the past, she'd be like, ah, oh, creep. Yes, I suppose so, but it, it kind of it was too for me. A bit too reminiscent, but they kind of amended that yeah. by the end when they, when you have like you know he took a bullet for her and like you know he's you know he's in his wife beard and she's like oh Eddie you're so wounded he kind of thing so uh, oh Eddie oh. <laughs> it's just Patty Mandate Scringle <laughs> and then Flash comes in hey Enigma. <laughs> What do you want, Roger? I mean, <laughs> Arnold. <laughs> Wait, didn't you didn't you die last season? That's all I have to say about the character. Uh, on this, yeah, episode. I'm, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was nice to see him, like, kind of like you know, save Miss Kringle so, and survive. Yeah, and so, well, he has to. His con, he he still has a contract. Like, can you imagine if like how different the episode would have been if everyone in the police station died, including like Kringle and Nigma, like. What? <laughs> like, what? It would have been right. cool to like, all like, the setup was for nothing. <laughs> all the, even Lee dies. Wait, which, okay. By the way, Lee, I'm glad she's doing, I'm glad she's doing her job again. Cause like, we complained about that the last episode. But like, when Gordon's like, I love you. Likewise. What <laughs> was that cold or was that just me? That was almost like actually now I'm thinking about like where did that come from? I guess I guess she doesn't like the fact that he well he told her what he did, uh, presumably right. And no, uh, he, I, I don't think he did. See, I, I did a bad. I thought I, I assumed that like he, that wasn't even mentioned this episode. Come to think of it, like like I, but I was so distracted that like I didn't even think of that. Like that's right. He well actually I did think of it at the end when Bruce is like, man, I was a little hard on you last episode. <laughs> I sure hope you didn't take my speech to heart and do anything like perform a mob hit. Because huh, that sure would have been embarrassing. Well, I mean, like, uh, in the episode, in the part, in the scene that I did not see when he's being reinstated as a cop, how is she, how is she acting towards him? Is she, like, proud, or is she, like, what, how, is she weirded out, like? No, she's, she's, um, she, she's all about it. She's, she's okay. Okay, so, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, I was wondering, maybe she's not happy about him being a cop, but, I, yeah, I'm not sure. That's a good point. That doesn't... And maybe I misread the scene. Maybe it was supposed to be like, you know, a Han and Leia type thing where it's like, I love you, I know. And like, Han Solo's not being a jackass, although like, <laughs> let me think. Um, <laughs> but but I wonder if it, if they were going for like that type of thing, like kind of like a cutesy, you know, like witty banter, like, I love you, likewise. But to me, maybe it's because of like how she read the line. It came off to me as cold and like took me aback. But otherwise, I don't have that much to say about Lee this episode. She, uh, I mean, and, and they seemed happy to see each other, you know, like. When he came back in and he was still alive, she didn't comment on the fact that he was effed up. Like, like he really was. Like, he, like Jim, Jim, where Jim, were wait, you? Why, why do your lips smell like Barbara? Um, I can't explain. <laughs> See, I was in this alley. She raped you in an alley. <laughs> well, no, uh, but she had this guy get on top of me. Jim, say no more. <laughs> I don't think I can hear any more of this. Uh, dark humor for a dark episode. <laughs> I do apologize. Oh, I, I, I do love him. We didn't talk about this when we talked about Barbara. Like how Barbara like kisses him, and when she like comes up, like she's got Jim's blood all over her lips. Yeah, I like that touch. It made it made her a lot more twisted. That's why I think that like. And then she's like, "You should see what ha- if anything bad happened while you were gone." That reminds me of a. Uh, there was something. Gosh, I feel that like 
I'm not, I'm not saying that ripped off anything, but like that feels familiar to something else, like uh, uh, another comic property. I'm about. Oh, I know, like like uh, Avengers Two, when like Iron Man's fighting uh, uh, Ultron, he's like, you know, I w- if I were you, I would, I would check on Doctor Banner and like uh, Robert Downey Jr. is like, grr. But like, and then like you know, the worst thing happens, that kind of thing, which I, I really like because I like that kind of haunting. You know, while you're here, something bad's going down, kind of thing. I, I like that in a uh, fictional storytelling. And like just, just again, just a scene of him, you know, groggily walking out of that alley to get back to like you know hell on earth. It's just a great scene. That was a great use of that promo in the promo that I saw. That is on every single cop in that station, by the way. They all saw that mugshot. She was standing right there. Nobody's like, hey, isn't that Detective Gordon's ex fiance? Yeah, that was that was a big crap. She didn't even have her like you know show off uh, sunglasses. Yeah, nobody noticed the you know the the babelicious babe you know like walking into the uh. Police station. I mean, but the, the cops are busy. Well, and again, Aaron Richards it, it, did a great job. I thought. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look, you you texted me that she looked like Michelle Pfeiffer, and she really did. Like the scene specifically where, like, you know, she's looking at like the newspaper saying, "Why are you, Why are you doing, doing this? this?" Like, yeah, yeah, like that 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 scene. Like, can you believe those monsters? They say that Barbara Keen weighs, you know, about X amount of pounds. <laughs> what if? What about this? Jim Gordon bombs it. He probably saved the city, you know, like, <laughs> he probably saved those cheerleaders' lives. Probably. He did. He was there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mention this when we talked about that scene, but, like, I, I question if he would have been able to, like, drive away from the, like, fire that, like, with the gasoline doing what it did, like, that fast. But I, 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 I'm not a physicist, you know? <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a bit eyebrow-raising, but you forget about it because it doesn't matter. Well, and because, like, so much happens in the world of Batman, like, like honestly, even if it's not realistic, it's more realistic than, like, that Zordon stuff from last episode. <laughs> Which I can't forget about, so when I was listening to you guys mention Zordon, I was like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that guy. <laughs> that was something stupid that was forgotten. Um, Mayor James, he's bad. We, 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 like, that opening scene, I thought that that was very typical of, like, season one Gotham. Some, like weird yeah thing. I, 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 it was it was a bit too like kinky and bizarre to me but like because that had co- relevant uh consequences i forget about it and i don't really mind it because you know they went somewhere with it rather than like you know oh no the mayor's being terrorized but nothing's happening because of it uh because it was so right i don't have much to say uh, about besides that yeah well and, and it leads into the whole like thing with the villains but uh it, you know, but they, we talked about, you know, the villains for this episode, basically. But although a, a few questions before we talk about Bruce and one is like, who do you think is going to be commissioner now? And I'm really hoping we don't pull the trigger and have it be Gordon already. First of all, he has to be captain first. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, a mistake that the Nolan movies made because they went from sergeant to lieutenant to commissioner. And I was like, wait, he should be captain because like in a lot of the a lot of the uh, Legends of Dark Knight issues and like, you know, year one Batman issues in the 90s, he was Captain Gordon. Not that it matters. But. Well, and, and Essen was – was an Essen captain. Yeah. Or, no, no, she was – or was she lieutenant? Gordon's that. detective now, right? Has he been promoted at all? I know, I know he's detective, but like – I don't it, think it, he's de- been promoted. Detective he's been lieutenant. demoted like half a dozen times. Exactly. But, <laughs> um, okay, so wait. is, Bullock is a Essen's sergeant. A lieutenant it, or captain. Is a, I think Essen's a captain. Bullock is a sergeant. Does does Gordon outrank him, or is he a sergeant as well? No, Bullock's not a sergeant, not yet. You, well, you, no, well, you can be a sergeant detective. Sergeant detective. That's how Gordon was. Oh. Batman Begins. I, I think they've been Detective Bullocks and Gordon the whole season. Well, Bullock, uh, I don't know this for a fact, but Detective. That's that's a dual rank. I mean, you can be 
like a captain, lieutenant, sergeant, and all that, and still be a detective. It's not just like a single okay. thing. Well, I don't think he's lieutenant yet. Um, and they, they were, they were, they were, they were, they and, and I think Essen was. was captain. Although she might have been lieutenant. <laughs> Damn it! I don't think I'm gonna have a problem if he's commissioner because, like, he's traditionally been commissioner all the time. He was commissioner in his first appearance in the comics. He was commissioner when Batman shows up. Like, it doesn't. Well, I, 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 except for post crisis, so it doesn't really matter to me. Although it would be very quick in season two, in season three of episode two, or, or season episode three. Well, season two. and and especially one of the things I said was that like with Essen, you know, dying, it takes away that whole like thing where it's, um. You know, you're worried about, like, why is the police department going to have corruption now if, like, Essen's in charge and she's a good guy? So if Gordon's good, I mean, I guess he can still be clean. I don't really the need the, the police department to be infiltrated with corruption, though, because they – because this is the series of we, villains and they're doing basically – do that to death last season, but, like – Right. I, I I feel like we still have some mileage to get it. Although, like, how many episodes was there where, like, they were like, come on, guys, we have to help Gordon. He's our friend. Oh, I don't know about this. And then, like, they help him in the end. So that happened uh, to her. To times. me, it's like, it's like, because the way I see this, the way I see the general Batman story working, the mafia basically controls the city by the time of year one, in, in part because they've infiltrated the police department. Gordon basically cleans up the, the police department, you know, and Batman helps the route out crime. And then, like in the, in the succeeding years, the supervillain crimes come in, and that's why Batman stays in Gotham to help clean the city up. What they've done in the series is basically have corrupt cops in the mafia, you know, be everything, at, be be all about Gotham, while the Penguin was being set up as a supervillain mafia guy himself. In this season, it's been just like you know the supervillains. They basically pulled a, 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 a Arkham Asylum um, Nightfall thing, where like. The Joker's jokering it up, and like you know, we have to respond to that with no Batman in sight for another twenty years. So it's just like <laughs> I need to try and get Apple on soon. <laughs> but to me, it's 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 it's, it's like uh, oh, it's crap! I forgot where I was going to that. But like, I don't know. We're talking about the cops and like the corrupt. yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any there's, there's any points to like you know. Oh no, so and so is corrupt. I don't know. Shoot him. <laughs> like like, what's the point? Who cares? Well, to two points have been brought up, like. Uh, and one was that, you know, it's like Gordon is doomed to fail because you know that, like, they're still going to need Batman to come along and clean up the city. So, like, that's theory number one. And then theory number two is that, like, this is, like, a prequel to the 60s show where, like, Gordon cleans up Gotham. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and that's why, like, everything is, like... Saints you know, preserve us! <laughs> oh, no. Chief O'Hara. You know what? <laughs> they should bring Chief O'Hara. They should huh? bring Chief O'Hara. They'll be awesome. <laughs> Screw it. I, I want him on yesterday. This, this is a Bruce. This is a Bruce Wayne show too. So uh, sometimes we got some develop. And I'm going to be honest. Um, I enjoy you know Davi Mazal's and like Sean Pertwee. Pertwee, you know, I think that they do a good job in their roles. I've never hated. Okay, I hate. I have hated a few things, but like it's usually because <laughs> of the writing, not because of them. But to be quite honest, the Bruce plots, whenever it goes to those. Usually on an episode, I kind of like, you know, sigh a little bit in my brain because, like, it means that we're going to take a break from the action to have, like, you know, Bruce do something. That See, I always find those, those are those are traditionally the strongest parts of the show because they're well acted and they, they fit well with the characters and don't feel contrived, personally. Right. It, it's never the plot that I'm – it's nothing against those plots because those are good plots, but it's never the one I'm the most invested in. Like, so whenever it cuts to one of those scenes, I'm thinking – Oh, I want to see what Barbara Kane's doing or like, you know, what's happening with this character. So like, 
and, and they're much slower paced, usually not all the time, but like this episode. So that was my thought going into the first scene, but then, um, it got really well. Like, uh, with Alfred wrecking the computers now, I Jack question. Drake. Yeah, Jack Drake. For those of you who don't know, there, there's an issue of Robin where uh, Tim Drake gets grounded. Jack Drake. Um, Tim's dead father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tim is grounded, and he's trying to, like, see, like, the outcome of a hostage situation on TV or, like, something. And, like, his dad comes in. He's like, Tim, I'm sorry. You know, your stepmom or your future stepmom, you know, said that I didn't take your feelings into account. So let's talk. You and I as father and son. And he's, like, trying to see the TV. Like, oh, boy, I hope the hostages came out all right. And Jack Drake, like – Go psycho. And there's like a full, like, panel of him, like, yelling at Tim like a madman. And he, rips the, you. And he rips the TV out of the wall. And all Tim's internal monologue says is at least he left the computer. Tim is, like, non-phased by, like, his dad going insane. But anyway, like, you know, like that, like, it's like, ah, oh, Alfred, these computers, you know, from, like, the 1970s. Let's turn them on. Oh, good idea, Master Bruce. Let me use this bat. Alfred! No! No, I, that that was a good scene. My only quibble. Despite how you reenacted it. <laughs> <laughs> my only quibble, and this is really nitpicky, is I I question because because Alfred is Bruce's legal guardian, as Alfred said in this episode too. Um, he can't emancipate himself. Yeah, I, I question if Bruce can fire him, but I think that that's like you know, it go, it, it it's more along the lines of I, if I had to justify it, you know. Bruce Alfred had that line in the second episode where he's like, "Oh, I promised his dad that I would always let him go his own way." Like Alfred has shown to be very like have a very different style of like child rearing, where like he will let Bruce kind of like boss. I, technically, Alfred could like legally get in trouble though for like abandoning this child, but like I think Gotham has like more stuff to worry about than to prosecute someone for abandoning like you know a child in their care. Uh, I don't know what the plan was. And my theory was is that Alfred was not going to go to the train station until we saw him there. I thought he was just going to be, like, outside the house until Bruce broke down and, like, caved and said, Alfred, I'm sorry. You don't have to go. Open up no, your suitcase. I, I love the fact that, like, unpack. Uh, granted, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I like the fact that Bruce is, like, you know, Alfred's somebody like, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll be damned if you do this or do this. And Bruce is absolutely not listening. Just, I want you to go. And again, like, 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 the best and, and, part, and he's a kid, so I get that. Well, the, the best part of the show for me is the strength in Davi Mazzao's acting because I mean, Vin McKenzie is, does a very good job. But you know, I love Batman, and I think that like, I, I just I just feel that like it's so easy to wreck that character as a kid, you know. And, and I, I I hate it when he's like, you know, I will never kill people, but like that's like that's like one time out of ten where like he's usually just written to be very very awesome i think that i love the whole scene later on the train where like you know alfred i'm sorry i want you back but if you're either with me or against me and i don't like being batman i don't like batman being generally portrayed as like this paranoid you know uh misanthrope but i think in that scene it really made a lot of sense and worked well for the character and was acted brilliantly well, and it sets up their relationship for the future too where like you know people me. ask themselves like why is alfred enabling bruce because Alf- Alfred is very, very much an enabler who, like, you know, any responsible person would have put a stop to this Batman stuff before, like, it got that far. When uh, you told me y'all grinding Padfall saving Gotham, the only thing that stopped me from calling the Men in White Coast was you said it wasn't for thrill seeking. It's not. What do you call this? And, like, I don't know. <laughs> GCPD's burning down. The Joker's on television. Damn good television. Even though he didn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um,. Yeah, it's uh, 
I question that, but I mean, I guess if I had to think hard about it and I had to like give the show a get out of jail free card, I would say that, you know what, like Alfred, Alfred is not conventional and Alfred, I mean, even like, you know, last season where it's like, Alfred, we should call the cops on Reggie. No, no, no. We handle things differently, you know. And the circus. And, and yeah, in the circus or in the second episode where it's like Master Jim, um, <laughs> Bruce is cutting himself. Aren't you going to take him to a doctor? No, no, no. I promised his dad no doctor. That was crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Master Jim Bruce has broken his neck. Take him to a doctor. I promised his father no doctors. <laughs> or like Alfred like sitting on top of the hill as Bruce is like climbing with a broken leg. He's like, ah, oh, was wondering when you get up here. How long have you been up here? <laughs> Hours. <laughs> In fact, you know those rocks that landed on your head? I threw them down. <laughs> Good times. Uh, anyway, good episode um, that this is because uh, this leads into Alfred uh, conversing with Lucius Fox, which is awesome. That scene is fantastic. If you disagree, I, I feel it. like this goes without saying, but let me say it anyway, just in case it it has to be. But like when Alfred's like, "Oh, fancy meeting you here," we all know that Alfred like tracked Lucius down, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. it, was, it was it wasn't a coincidence. He's like, oh, there's Lucius Fox. I think I'll seduce him, like um, because it, it kind of seems like that at first. But like, the dialogue is really written well. The man plays in Lucius Fox. I love how Lucius Fox's play where like he's he's guarded and observant and not like you know, oh hi there, oh oh like he's not at all like taken aback. He's I love Alfred's vulnerability because he's like trusting you is really dangerous, but I have no choice but to trust exactly. you. Like, exactly. Exactly. Like, <laughs> that that was really good. Well, he, um, he, again, like he, I love the whole, you know, he's, you know, there's a whole like, you know, set of like, oh, my friend and I, this, this, that. But he's like saying, I'm demonstrating this because before you know anything, if you endanger Bruce's life, I will kill you. And that to me is is the character of Alfred. And I like the fact yeah. that like Lucius is like, you know, listen to me. Uh, Bruce Wayne's well-being is my highest interest or whatever. And like Alfred's like good because I have no other option. And you can see how he is desperate and vulnerable, but he still has a resolve of like you're not going to f with me and you're not going to you know hurt my boy. It was it was I was like you had to tell Master Bruce that his father was a stoic. Yeah, this is all your fault. <laughs> but like yeah. uh, that 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 might be one of my favorite scenes in the show because it's just just um like, I was just glued to that scene. Granted, it was playing a, a, one of my favorite songs in the background, but I was just glued to the dialogue. And, like, per, you know, uh, Sean Pertwee did a great job. Uh, the actor plays Lucius Fox did a great job. And they're just, like, it felt realistic the way that it was going along, where, like, Alfred is, like, he could tell, like you said, he's vulnerable. He doesn't know what to do. He's unsure about what he's doing, but he's going to do it, and he's focused on what he's doing. And it just showed you, like, this bare humanity that, like, really speaks to the complexity and level of depth that the characters have that this show just doesn't do often. This show, just, this show is very very complacent with, you know, oh, Alfred's the butler who, who's more than what he seems. But, like, I like the fact that Alfred, first and foremost, is the guy who loves Bruce Wayne and will do whatever he feels is necessary or whatever he can to help him. And that was displayed very raw in this in this scene. And, again, Lucius Fox is his own man. He's not, he's not just going to bend over just because they mentioned the Waynes, but he's very... He, he's smart. He, he's paying attention. He's, okay, I I get what you're saying. I, I know how I understand the 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 gravity of what you're telling me, and I want to help. But I'm not going to you know I I don't know all what's going on, so I'm not going to be you know like uh just just leaping leaping over to help you or whatever. So I just thought it was really 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 well handled. 
Yeah. Um, and <laughs> when they were like, how are we going to fix the computer? Or like, you know, I was thinking, call Lucius Fox. And, and they did, which is good. <laughs> and I like how, like, I like how Bruce straight up asked him, you know, like all the questions that like he should have legitimately asked him, you know, last season, although they were in the Wayne room, so they couldn't. But, uh, um, it, and, and then after I was like, Master Bruce, the best signal is on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and, and he goes to GCPD. And I asked myself after the pilot, you know, like how, how on earth are you going to like figure Bruce Wayne into like a Gotham Central type show every episode? And, uh, they pull it off. Yeah, yeah, they, they pulled it off. Like, I've never felt like his plots are generally very divorced from the main plots. Which is uh, why they're good. A, well, and, 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 oh, well, and that's one reason why, like, when, when they cut to those scenes, I'm always thinking, oh, I want to know what's happening somewhere. You know, I want to know what's happening with Penguin and Butch or something like that. Which, speaking of which, um, uh, we talked about in the past that, like, our favorite episodes are ones where, like, they don't have the full cast on because that way we can, like, you know, focus, and we don't have to have these characters on just for obligatory scenes. Um, we did not have um, Butch, uh, Selena, Penguin, any mention of the Mafia. I sincerely hope uh, that they keep this up with this episode. I mean, I, I almost wish, wonder if it's too much to hope for. But I mean, like, like, like this episode is so much better than everything that's come before it, and like because they just played so intensely. And like you bought it. It, it, it was almost like a different show. But like I was so happy to see them go go this far, and you know, and and like be this rough, and you know, put these characters in this situ- situation because it really pushes Gordon to be you know the legendary Jim Gordon, and it really galvanizes Bruce to become Batman in some way. Like this, this is what he has to look forward to if he wants to save the city. The only thing I have to say that uh, that that uh, which I that, that you said that I took issue with is um <laughs> I am not going to take the crown away from penguin's umbrella as my favorite episode because penguin's umbrella like left me walking away with like first of all like i was very very surprised and like taken aback like there was many moments where i legitimately didn't know how it was going to end and then like that scene with falcone and penguin at the end made me question everything from the previous episodes and like you walked away thinking where can they go from here where are they going to go from here and uh like it it made you ask a lot of questions. It made you think a lot of things, and it made so – because of that, that is still my favorite episode, but that's not taking anything away from this episode. This episode is probably in my top three or four, if not my top two. I would have to do more analyzing. Um, I didn't enjoy it as much as you did, but this is this is an A for me. Well, it was just like – I mean it was a combination of – it wasn't just because, oh, this episode is good because Sarah hasn't died. I was – Ever since that, uh, quite honestly, ever since um, the scene where Bruce fires Alfred and like Jerome does the whole Russian roulette thing, the acting was so good and the writing was the dialogue was was better than it it, uh, it has been. That I was like, okay, this there's some I'm liking this episode, I'm enjoying it. And then by the time you had that Alfred and Lucia scene, I was like, this is very 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 good. And by the time that like Barbara and Jerome attacked the GCPD headquarters. I couldn't take my eyes away. It was it was doing things that was that were that were being done so well that you were just watching solid entertainment, and it left things in a big gaping hole. Like, how are they going to get out of this? How are they going to move on from this? You got to see how this turns out. It, you know, and things don't survive you know on their own just by cliffhangers. So luckily, this episode really delivered the back half uh, supremely and superbly. So like, um, whereas the penguins, I, I do like penguins umbrella, but I felt that like. 
part of that was because of the twist at the end with Penguin out and Falcone, and part of it was the whole like you know. But even before, even before that, Dead we Man's, um, Dead Man's we, 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 we were into it. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to say that's a good, that's not a good episode. That's a, that's a good episode, but to me, this is this is just. I don't know. This this played on like like on a more big boy adult level that I feel that like the show has been like just not interested in doing up to this point. But it's like, I was like, okay, now this is a Batman show I can get, get sink my teeth into because beforehand I'm just like you know this is sort of like masquerading as what they think is a Batman show. But now it's like now 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 you got it. Now you got it. <laughs> All right, that was knock knock. Next week's episode is called The Last Laugh, and um, the solicitation is Gordon and Bullock track down a nemesis from the past, leading to a standoff between Jerome and Gordon. Meanwhile, a magic show at Gotham Children's Hospital Gala turns into a hostage situation in the all-new Rise of the Villains, the last laugh episode of Gotham, airing Monday, October 5th on Fox. And uh, we we both saw the promo for that, so um, it looks like uh, Jerome's dad, which is the, the bell guy from Breaking Bad, is coming back. Possibly the die. Well, no, I think we we'd probably see him die because they, they see his body and then, like, you know, laughing gas, Joker smile, X toxin starts happening because he's not the Joker yet, you guys, but he is. And um, it looks like the, that, that, Joker. that. It looks like the Joker has Bruce at gunpoint, which. Um, they, they do know, that. The, the, the cuts are so fast, and, like, I, I honestly don't watch these frame by frame. I just kind of watch them in one sitting. I don't, like, pause and rewind them that much. <laughs> it looks like. To me, that like Jerome has Bruce at gunpoint. If they do that, I really would like, you know, I'm, I'm not you know this big Joker fanboy where like I want everything to be about him, but I really would like a scene between like they had with between Bruce and Oswald when they were walking past each other, where like Oswald's penguin sets a signaling, where like I don't know, like, like Bruce gives him a look or whatever, like you know, I'm gonna when I'm an adult, I'm gonna kick your ass on a regular basis, something like that, which would be awesome. Because by this point, we we, we gotta say like they have completely abandoned the whole. Leading up to Batman thing, and they're just basically doing this like you know, we need Batman any second now, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So until then, this is Josh, and this is Donovan, <laughs> and you've been listening to the Gotham Chronicle. But you, all right, so are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. We are recording. Um, yeah, I'm actually like tired, so hopefully, like I, I, I'm hoping that like um, once once I start doing this, I'll like you know wake myself up. Well, you have me, and I'm a reliable podcaster, aren't I? <laughs> first we first we lost Stella, then we lost Dustin. I invited Ed, and he couldn't be on tomorrow, so watch like <laughs> I'll play up there. Like I replace both of them because I'm more man and then and woman than both of them combined. You might want to elaborate on that one. <laughs> going in the bloopers. <laughs> what I mean to say was, well, uh, I was texting Stella, and she's recording a podcast right now. But I was like, I was like, I was like, girl, <laughs> awesome. And she was like, no way. And I was like, yes, what? Oh, this week's episode. Uh, actually, let me think how I want to do this because, like, I might have you go first because, like, your story kind of leads in the mind. So that's what I'll do. this week's episode this was week- called. The first good one. <laughs> 
How could you? <laughs> hey, hey, Penguin's Umbrella, the pilot. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I will give it to those, but this one <laughs> takes his lunch money. Maroney and uh, Oswald go to Inspiration Point. <laughs> that episode was hot. Tell me a secret. <laughs> I'm not wearing any underwear. <laughs> I brought condoms. <laughs> <laughs> well, I brought lube. This is on Bluefers, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> We're dead. <laughs> we need the okay. girl. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh dear. Okay, go to get back on track. <laughs> we hate our friends. <laughs> All right, gang. But first, check this out. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> the mystery guest. <laughs> or depending on when Dustin posts it. Hi, Dustin. Okay, here's the deal. You don't address me while you're recording the podcast. You're not Deadpool. You don't break the fourth wall. Yes, I know Deadpool is a Marvel reference. Ha ha ha. Dustin said something about Marvel. Okay, that is an exaggerated meme. I am aware of Marvel characters. I see Marvel movies. And it's technically related to Gotham because Marina Baccarin is going to be in the Deadpool movie. She's not going to be playing Dr. Tompkins, but it's close enough related to Gotham that we might be able to cover it on the Batman Universe uh, I, I like how I like how... I- his his dial his uh cadence and talking sounds like Morse code being translated like you know okay stop just get it, get it clear stop <laughs> I love that like now that Stella's gone all we're doing is making fun of Dustin <laughs> one more we we do, we do so she was here <laughs> I know but like even more so like we haven't even like officially begun the episode yet um okay I, I agree with that but like. Uh, while Barbara is irredeemable, I do think that, like, let's say the show went for, like, you know, six more seasons or something. You know, like, t- tomorrow, watch it gets canceled. Um, <laughs> or, like, or, or it becomes, like, The Simpsons. And, like, for some reason, like, they're on season, like, 26. Like, Bruce is in his, you know, 30s, and he's, like, not Batman yet. He's, like... <laughs> But that's, but that's the, bat still, the, the bat still hasn't crashed in the window yet. Like by that point, the, the, like TBE would stop covering the show. We would just give it up. They're like, Ori, the Gotham Chronicle. It's time to turn the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have had thirty years to cover this show. Nothing. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's not, that's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, we're not writing the show. Don't care. <laughs> someone, someone has to be held accountable. <laughs> we really, we don't hate the Dustin. Dustin at all we're just like punching him in the face <laughs> you know verbally oh poor dustin um we love you dustin you gave us <laughs> and he was even so good on here last week um i was making a point uh <laughs> as did the train they put a train on her okay take this cut, cut that part out that's crass <laughs> <laughs> it really did <laughs> I, I i didn't know what that meant until like walking dead there's like a scene where like there's like an issue where like Carl, who at who at this point in the series is like still like nine or ten years old, he gets kidnapped by like one of the big bads, and like they tease Rick. They're like, "Oh, we put a train on him." God, I'm like what is that? I'm like, what does that mean? Like uh, Carl, Carl wasn't had no trains on him. He like he he was returned like very very unscathed. But they were like you know fucking with Rick. You put a train on Carl. <laughs> 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 I'm eating cheesecake and I'm, I'm like trying not to choke. <laughs> There's so many, so many, so many bloopers on this alone. I, I, can't, I can't use any of those train bloopers because you said that, that was too crass. Well, yeah, for a blooper, I, mean, I guess. Um, man, we're gonna do. 
It's up to you. <laughs> um, we are so doomed this episode. <laughs> I, I, I was worried that I was going to be awake enough. Like, now I'm worried about, like, how long this is going to take. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we definitely... <laughs> okay. Um, oh, yeah, Barbara Kane. <laughs> I actually... Oh, yeah, it, it was... Um, <laughs> it was that like, years ago, like, uh, her... her, her we're like watching the Empire Strikes Back, and like you know the scene, right, where Han gets frozen. Yeah. Okay, so like Han's getting frozen, and Leia's like, "I love you," and Han says, "I know." And like in the next room in the kitchen, and she like shouts, "What? Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, I know. Like, what kind of jackass? I don't think she said jackass, but like I remember, like <laughs> she she thought that that line was absolutely. Well, it's better than like, "I love you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was supposed to say, I, like... I've heard the story, yeah. And yeah. It, it wasn't And then, real. like, in the comic adaptation, he says, just remember that print. Because, like, the comic was, like, written before, like, the the, the scenes were, like, fine, like, post-production. So, like, he says, just remember that, princess, because I'll be back. Issue 41, I think. And <laughs> No, I think it was a little later Well, because 41 was, was the sex issue, and then, like, <laughs> out of context. And then the next issue was... Gr- but or, it, it, it's a few issues later. Oh, you're, um, you're right, you're right. Because then you have, like... Um, uh, what uh, what's it called? Um, you ha- there's a two-parter with um, uh, R- Raymond or uh, he later joined the Outsiders, um, like Ronnie Hi. Raymond or something. No, not Ronnie Raymond. That's that's a uh, Firestorm. Firestorm. Uh, somebody's yelling at their yeah, and whenever other podcasts do this, I always yell at them and like be like, how can these people be so ignorant? But um, uh, th- this detective guy and he had his own detective. Oh, show, uh, he, Ronnie, like, yeah, Ronnie Raymond Jr. It was Ronnie Raymond. Yeah. Um, no, isn't that Firestorm? Yes, that is Firestorm. Like it was, it was something, something Raymond, something Raymond Jr. Ray Raymond or yeah. Okay, so it's a well. Either way, there, there's a two-parter with him, and then there's um a two-parter with Baffler, and then you have the um. Oh, okay, yeah, you're you're right. I, I I'm sure people are just like throwing this their iPods okay. across the room. Get, we, we're not get, talking about the show at all. Get, get, get to the point. But okay, anyway, <laughs> Jack Drake. <laughs> Uh, story, except for, you know, Bruce is like, huh, sorry I was hard on you last episode, Gordon. I sure hope you didn't, you know, whack a guy because of it. Uh, so. I did, uh, Bruce. I did. <laughs> oh, but that's a line that we never crossed. Tell that to the junkie you pushed out a window. That wasn't me. That was Selena. Look, kid. <laughs> She's like right behind you, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> we have fun. <laughs> Better check your crystal ball, Bruce. <laughs> What is that from? <laughs> that was an Aladdin reference, but that, yeah. like, <laughs> that, 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 that went over like a pardon in the elevator. S- Selena! Like, 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 there's, there's a red uh, parrot. How <laughs> in the... Bull- <laughs> yeah, Bullock's like, how in the... I mean, Bob! <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that goes to the bloopers. It's too self-indulgent to like, even like, understand. <laughs> Sorry. Oh man, my stomach hurt. <laughs> 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 
love that idea that like first of all, I have to like begin the episode with like you're like you you're like laughter like and then like have it like because of the it's oh, like Ooh, because like, like that demands something quite like it was before you even saw Bulk in the, in that scene, but like why would he say that? <laughs> How in the I mean <laughs> Don't worry guys, I'm still your ever loving parrot. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> oh god, this is the best episode ever. <laughs> I wish Stella. I do wish Stella was here. I really do. But man, this is. Funny. I know. I miss Stella. Uh, <laughs> she would have had some fun with us. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Part of, part of me was like. Was, part of me was like. Was, so it could just be. I was laughing at Iago joke, but like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, when you were giving a speech like three minutes ago about something, I had to stifle laughter because I was kind of still on like bullet Iago. <laughs> I can tell that like you just throw these these things out there without thinking like like, uh, like, like, like <laughs> well the funny thing was I said the crystal ball line and that like went completely like <laughs> it was yeah I, 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 I recognized it but like I, I, I w- my brain wasn't t- giving me the information fast enough as to what it was but uh okay anyway, but anyway what I was gonna say is that like um this is Tessa and this is Austin and this is Donovan <laughs> this is Robin Lord Taylor. I was going to do an impression of uh, Cameron making over, but I thought that was too, was too mean. She's, 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 since she's underage. This is Rick. <laughs> this, is, this is my son, Coral. <laughs> uh. <laughs> what did you say earlier? <laughs> did they want to train on you, Coral? <laughs> <laughs> this is Bullock. Fuck. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this again. <laughs> and this is Zordon from the last episode. 